What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Full Court Press Podcast, presented by The Craft Factory and SSAW. I'm your host, Pierre. Got my distinguished gentleman in the building with me today, Matt and Riley. How are you guys doing? Man, doing good over here today. Uh, It's a beautiful day. Things are great. Yeah, I am doing good, sir, in Phoenix. Just uh, inside, staying cool. I heard that, man. California is getting there. We're not there yet. We had a little foggy day, but it's kind of warm out there. But I know it's nothing compared to Arizona. No, I, I helped somebody move yesterday, and it was only about 108 degrees when they asked me to come only? move. You're, you're crazy, dude. Only? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Triple digits, man. Triple digits, man. You'll find me not in that area. You won't find me outside <laughs> at all. I'll be in AC. Well, guys, it's so much going on. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things. But we're going to start with something that I'm sure we all – we, we all teared up about Vince Carter finally decided to hang it up after 22 years. Officially. Man, oh man. man, it was so, you know, it sucks because I wish he would have had a chance to win the ring. He was close with Dallas, but I believe they moved him right right before, if, if my memory serves me well. But it's just, man, Vince Carter has had an illustrious career, and I love the fact, well, I can't even say he went on his own terms because the, the restart is happening and the Hawks wasn't invited. It's just, ah, oh man. I mean, it's, it's the worst way to end your career. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely the most anticlimactic way to do it. I mean, luckily in that last game that he did play, there was like knowledge around the arena that they were going to, that COVID yeah. had obviously done its, done its damage. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so at least like he had a good moment where he like hit his last shot he took and people acknowledged it that it might be his last game. So at least he had that. And honestly, he's the kind of guy, though, that didn't really care about those kind of accolades, which was nice. Like you had the, you know, he didn't ring chase. We talked about him not having, having a title and how in today's NBA and with NBA fans, if you don't have a title, it's like you're, you didn't, you know, your career doesn't mean as much. And uh, but when it comes to VC, it's like he could have. I mean, he could have any, any of these primetime teams, the Warriors, whoever, Cavs, whoever was you know dominant in the last few years, they would have easily um, added Vince on their roster. On the, you know what I mean? Like you want Vince Carter on your roster no matter how old he yeah, is. Yeah, he could have been. He could have been incredible with that Warriors team that he can still shoot the ball. Uh, yeah, and some of the skills he bring, he would have fit perfectly with the Warriors. And just him on the bench, just helping those kids out and letting letting the young guy. I mean, with the Warriors right now, the young guys have to step up in these coming years, uh, especially next year. And that's you know, and his. You see with the Hawks and him and Trey Young and everything like and and just you hear about how how well he's helped the young kids in, in Atlanta. I mean, you know what a great guy to do that. But I mean, he didn't ring chase. He didn't want to do it. And I, I mean, some he people have gone hold back that to Toronto. Him. Yeah, he could have yeah. gone back to Toronto, won a championship, would have retired it. with the team he started with. Yeah, yeah. would have absolutely loved it. It would have been a reconciliation been for him in the city because they had a, they had a real icy time for years after he left Toronto, where the the city didn't like him. Like they, they, you know, he was the enemy. It was like KD leaving for Golden State, you know, but like, you know, but to Toronto, there was like, he was the first one. Like he was, he was their only star they've ever had, you know, yeah. they're such an infant team. 
Um, yeah, I'm really happy for him for sure. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not holding against him that he doesn't have a title. I think that he he you know talking about going out on your, on your own terms. The last few years, he definitely did that. I think he, he definitely went out and decided that you know I'm, I'm I just want to play the game. I want to help young guys get better, and I hope I see him hopefully in a coach's role or something. Soon, oh, absolutely, or he'll be around the game for sure. You don't stick around 22 years to then not be around the game after that. You're a diehard for that you know for a reason. A at that scout. Point. I think he'd be a great talent a scout to, for one of these teams. Uh, or a commentator. One thing I, one thing I w- yeah, commentator would be great. One thing I wish I would have saw is Vince and Tracy stay together in Toronto. Uh, yeah, I know. I was a big Tracy McGrady fan. Uh, the Raptors were actually the first basketball team I ever watched play because my mm. kindergarten team, we were the Raptors. And so that's where <laughs> I fell in love with Tracy McGrady. But uh, if those two, the cousins, would have stayed, that would have actually been, been really cool. That yeah, that team – that team would have been it would have been really interesting that would have been such an such an electric pairing especially as uh as tracy like uh just got more into grew more into his body and was more comfortable because he was so when he was 18 he was a great basketball player but he was lanky yeah he was skinny Mm -hmm. and lanky we have full control of his body yet know how to use it yet you know and now i mean you know flash forward to you know a year or two of them together uh, with Vince maturing as well, who knows what they could have done? Who else they could have added to that team? I mean, you people would have wanted to play there. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a big man, you want to go there because that those guys are going to score and they're going to put up shots, so you're going to get your rebounds. They had Chauncey on that team. They had a team. They really man. did. It just sucks that it ended so short. But, I mean, that's not taken away from neither one of their careers. And just to give a rundown of Vince Carter's career, third all-time in game-winning field goals made, I'm sorry, game winners made. Well, same thing. 19th on the NBA all-time scoring list. Sixth in NBA all-time three-pointers made. Olympic gold medal. He's an eight-time NBA All-Star. All-NBA second team in 2001. All-NBA third team in 2000. He was also the rookie of the year in 99. The all-rookie first team in 99. And the most important of them all, he was the slam dunk champion in 2000. To me, that's a, that's a Hall of Fame career. I think so too. Is he a first I, I, ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. that's tough. Well, no, that, that to me is tough. I would like to say yes. If but, Tracy McGrady got in, Vince Carter has to. Get yeah, in. that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's so weird how people. Like I said, if he, if he had a title under his belt, if he had one ring, mm-hmm. we'd be hearing yes unanimously, no issue. Because he doesn't have one, all of a sudden it means less. I mean, you just listed so many accolades, and also not even the most important one, which is that he jumped over a seven foot two person oh, cleared yeah. them and dunked him he ended that man's career that guy had draft rights i can't remember to which team he had draft rights he was supposed to come over to the nba and he never did <laughs> because of <laughs> that dunk ruined his career so uh, you know that's yeah so i i would hope he gets in one thing i want to mention about about the events retiring what uh Stephen a smith came out today and said that he's basically the most untapped like basically try to say that he, he he was like the biggest talent that we saw it was like the most untapped and like just kind of i mean it's it's he's not very far off in the sense that like he vince carter had a very serious uh amount of talent and mm-hmm. he said Stephen a was saying that basically he had um kobe should have been it should he should have been kobe's biggest uh oh kobe's biggest uh competitor and that he just wasn't and that uh yeah, that basically he needed. To, he should have done that, and it really sucked because I think that that's a low blow to take, Vince. 
I think he had a great career. I think a lot of guys, you know, could have been Kobe if things were different, you know, like, I think that's the, that's the dream for all those guys to be on some, be on the level of someone like Kobe. But uh, yeah, just a weird Stephen A shot to take, even if it's a little bit true. Yeah. Even if it's a little true for sure. It was just such a weird shot to take, you know, (laughs) everybody can't be Kobe, Stephen A. Yeah. It's real tough. Yeah, they came, they came in the league around the same time. It was the same year, right? 96? They came in at the same uh, time? Yeah. And, and so I think that's where part of the comparison comes from. We like to compare people who are in the same draft class. Uh, but, yeah, it's just unfair to to put them next to one of the greatest of all times. But Vince Vince truly showed us, like, what did you say, sixth on all-time three-point shooting list? That's incredible. Yes, sir. That really is. When you think about it, that is a very underrated stat. That's great. And third all-time in, uh, in game winners? Like, come yep. on now. <laughs> like, and he's clutch? Come on. And he's in the top 20 of the all-time scoring list. So, that yeah, thing, I would put him on three alone gets him in the Hall of Fame. I would put him in top 10 most electrifying players to play the game. Just For sure. When Vince Carter yeah, was absolutely. in there. Um, the crowd would just be going because they yep. knew Vince Sanity was in town and he was just going to dunk on everybody. Man. Yeah, ter- yeah Toron- Toronto Vince was a whole different animal. That was a. Uh, that dude, it was every time down the floor you expected magic, and there's very few players in the league that have ever had that kind of ability. I mean, it's one thing when LeBron comes down the floor, you expect him to score the ball, you know, you expect yeah. him to make a great pass, but you don't expect to be wowed out of your seat every time he comes down the floor. With Vince, it was like that, and uh, yeah, so get him in the hall, get him in the hall as quick as we can. I still remember when he did a 360 layup, I was like, oh my goodness, God, dude, put his put his. His elbow in the rim. Yeah, on, my favorite now. Vince Carter. My favorite Vince Carter moment was uh, when he was in the movie Like Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't forget his acting career, also Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. Forget. Yep. He, he was in <laughs> such a great movie. <laughs> man, we gonna miss Vince Carter, man. Definitely. Uh, I, I know here we gonna appreciate his career. So those of you that don't feel like he should make the Hall of Fame. And this is coming from a Rockets fan. Look at Tracy McGrady. Look at Yao Ming. If they can get in, Vince Carter can get in. Now, oh my gosh, guys. Like, everybody's catching the corona now. This is crazy. Like, just like, we were all hyped about the return of the NBA. And we what? We got like it eight players corona. about it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So was Corona. Yeah, I know it was the- just as hyped for the return. Man, the biggest one, guys, was Jokic. Like, the guy dropped weight. We, oh, okay. We praised him on the show. Oh, Denver may do. And then he turned it, well, you know, he catches the run. Do you guys think the Nuggets will be hampered by this? Or would this be, like, something they'll be able to get past and Jokic will still be affected? Yeah, I think Uh, they get past it. I think uh, he does his 14-day quarantine. There's still plenty of time. I don't yeah. think he plays any any of the uh, eight games before the playoffs. I think they Ooh. focus on him resting, getting healthy, getting back in shape. Or I mean, we've seen it. he is in shape, uh, but just practicing a ton. Maybe you'll see him get a little bit of minutes in those eight games. Maybe he'll go in just to see what it feels like again. But I say they're very precautious going in. Um, Keep and, in mind, really these eight games the are crucial. Every game the counts. The Nuggets can't. They do count, but the Nuggets cannot lose their playoff spot. Yeah, and, and no, they can't for seeding purposes. 
Yeah, but but at the end of the day, too, guys, we don't know if he's if he's like symptomatic. Like right. I've not heard I've not heard if he's suffering any real symptoms or if he's asymptomatic. If he's chances are like a lot of these NBA guys are, they have a small cold and they're fine within a week, and then within the two weeks they're they're good to go. Um, yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. I mean, for for me, I think it's the opposite, man. I think he has to play as much as you can yeah. because his biggest issue is conditioning all the time. And yes, he's in a lot better shape, which is great. If he was in old Jokic shape before this happened, we'd be talking about he's going to be almost useless come playoff time because he's going to be so <laughs> incredible. Luckily, he seemed to be. I mean, it seemed like he was in great shape cardio wise, right? You, you lose that much weight, you got to be a little quicker, got to have a little more in you. Uh, but yeah, I definitely hope that he um, comes back and plays as soon as possible and plays a lot because they're going to need him. They obviously need him to uh, to do advance. I mean, not advance, but they need him to go far. He is their whole team. He is a centerpiece, yeah. so it's huge deal. But yeah, I do think he plays, uh, assuming of course that he's asymptomatic or that he's not suffering heavy symptoms. Right. I hope. He beats it for one. You know, when I hear about these cases, I'm not one to be like, ah, oh, this person, like, what were you doing? Nah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is still very serious. We saw a couple kings get it Buddy Hill, Jabari Parker, and was there one more? Alex there Len. One. Yeah, there was Alex. Alex oh, wow. Now, for a team like the Kings, those three have to play because they're in the bottom of the barrel and. Trevor Ariza opting not to play, which we'll get to momentarily, is huge because it gives those bottom feeder teams, you know, more confidence going into it. So it sucks that Buddy Hill got it, especially Jabari Parker. I feel for Jabari Parker. He's had to work his he way back. Exactly. What a career. What and, a career. You know, <laughs> what a career! <laughs> yeah, he's been. I, I do feel for that kid. Apparently, he's a, he's a great guy. It sucks that he's he's dealing with so much all the time. But yeah, I do think yeah, that the I do feel bad for him. I do feel bad. I I had a good friend I grew up with. They were friends at Duke. Uh, my buddy played football while Jabari played basketball. They went in at the same exact time. So he said Jabari is just a great guy. Loved being around him. Um, he just had some unfortunate injuries, and and now this. Yeah, and again too, I think that the we're talking about Ariza not being in uh, for the Blazers and then the Kings not losing these guys. I think that hopefully by the time this all starts and the bubble begins, basically, that these cases because they came earlier are not going to be that big of a problem. Right. Uh, it's, it's more so that you know if one person has it, then who else has it? Type thing. If they've been working out together at all, you know what happens at this point. I mean, same with Brogdon. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers, Derek Jones Jr. from the Heat. Brogdon's a huge piece for the Pacers too. So yeah, yeah hopefully, the, hopefully these guys that have it are as asymptomatic as they can be. And by the time the bubble comes around, they're okay. And the only thing they're really worried about is just trying to get make sure that they're fully healthy and then their cardio hasn't suffered at all. If that can happen, I mean, if we if we hear about positive tests come by you know in between this episode and next episode then though you know as we as that starts happening closer and closer and it will guys will get it closer and closer to the bubble being uh being built uh or or you know started i guess that they uh yeah that hopefully uh you know no one actually to miss time because of it you know but it's tough it's really tough this this uh pandemic just is is hitting that second wave yeah, and now we see that Disney is trying to basically push back against the restart. They're 
trying to protect yeah, the employees. Some yeah, some of the employees. Because I know the Disney World, Disneyland out here in California, they've already postponed their date, which has nothing to do with the one in Orlando. But it often which makes is a shame worse. because I'm going to California next week. So I wanted to go to Disneyland. Well, I hate to tell you, you won't be able to go. <laughs> I ain't no telling when they're going to open. Now, touching on the guys that opted out, uh, I think the biggest one to me was Davis Bertans. I feel yeah. like should have played, you know, but then again. Uh, that's that's so smart played. of him. Though. Yeah, it is smart. Because it's his contract year, right? He yeah. had a very big season. Um, he has a history of being injured. Yeah, two ACL tears. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Two ACL tears. The Washington Wizards are not going to go far in the playoffs. Um, no, they're not. And so, if Bertans, he's saying, "I want to, I want a big contract." There's not going to be a lot of players who are big contract players really going into this free agency class. I think it's a smart move by Bertans to say, "Let me get my money um, and 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 take care of myself for the first time in my career." Really. Yeah, and and look, and luckily we have the NBA's. Uh, helped with the insurance uh, insurance policies yeah. uh, is really up them for the players, which is great. Uh, for someone like Bertans, though, it's I mean, some of these other guys have never been hurt before, you know. So it's it's not really a, that you know as it's still a big deal. Obviously, that's why they're doing it. But they also don't have injury histories that are pretty major. And for him, it's one more injury. You know, you can only mess your knee up so many times before exactly. it's it's exactly. not the same. So I don't blame him at all. And outside of Bertans and the and the obvious contract issue that I think we all agree is warranted on his end the other guys that have opted out so far it's all been a deal uh it's all been for their children yeah it's all been Mm -hmm. family related avery bradley his six-year-old child has respiratory issues um trevor reza his child uh he has his son for all of july as far as part of a custody situation and he's in the middle of a custody battle and you know obviously he was supposed to have july off so i mean good on him for choosing his child over the game uh, and then Willie Colley Stein is expecting a child in July, you know. And if he's in that bubble, he, you know, he might not be able to see the kids. So that's, you know, his, his firstborn child. So, yeah, I definitely. I'm, it's it's good that these guys are doing. Or it's good that these guys that are opting out. No one's opted out just because, you know, I don't feel like it or I don't think my team's going to win or whatever it is. It's been for very legitimate reasons. Now, out of the few that have opted out, guys, which one is the biggest loss for which team? I mean, part of me wants to say, I mean, all these guys are important. If we're looking at like the, cause yeah. Bertans, I'm not really counting because his team wasn't, was not going to be a factor. Right. Uh, but he is the biggest as far as like the, uh, the, what he was bringing to the table, as far as his, yeah. his impact on the team, he is by far the right. biggest. Yeah. If we're talking like a, for a championship level team, uh, Bradley and Ariza are the two guys that I think would hurt or, or the most um, important to that. Bradley plays great defense for the Lakers, obviously Matt, uh, you obviously know that. Um, and then Collie Stein still, I mean, he's, I think he's their starting center, right? Yeah, he was starting alongside of uh, Porzingis because Dwight Powell. Keep yeah, mind, yes, he's the only, yeah, so he was the, he's the only starter uh, outside of Bertans. At that, so. Riley, pick one. Pick one who you think is the biggest loss. <laughs> yeah, you sorry to cover all. To cover <laughs> I already know who mine is. I already know um, who mine is. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Bertans then. I mean, if we're talking teams straight out, like, you know, the impact on the team is Bertans for sure. For me, I'm going to have to say Trevor Reason because now Portland has no defense, no defense on the wing. Nobody can defend <laughs> nobody 
that they play against on the wing. I mean, you can't throw Melo out there. Yeah, a lot more pressure on Dan. But matter of fact, Melo's getting more playing time, though. He's getting more playing time. He still hasn't even came on the set of he's playing. But a team like Portland, and it has nothing to do with the reason I respect his decision wholeheartedly. But if you you have to replace this guy, and you can't just go and get anybody. You know, you have to get somebody who – basically, you need a 3 and D now. So – we know uh, CJ don't play defense. Dame has shown flashes to want to play defense, but they lost Rodney Hood. I don't even know if he's healthy. Well, he tore the key. So I doubt it. So that that wing presence for the Blazers is looking mighty thin right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if they sign somebody, which they probably will, and who that will be. Uh, I'm going to say Bertans is the best player who said, yeah. uh, I mean, he just played incredible. But I think the most impactful, I'm going to go with uh, probably Avery Bradley just because the Lakers needed that defense up top. Uh, signing like a J.R. Smith is not going to really help on that defensive end. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Bradley, not because of his scoring and who he is, but because the Lakers were have a real shot of winning a championship and defense helps a ton, especially up top. So I'm going to say Bradley. I agree. Bradley... Definitely is a huge loss for the Lakers. And I think, you know, the idea of them signing J.R. Smith is it's intriguing. You know, you know what you're going to get with J.R. You know, Give me Jamal Crawford. Player. Give me Jamal. Hey, he's if, out if there. You want bucket, if, you want, if you want easy buckets with low maintenance, you call Jamal. Right, Jamal can get 20 points yeah, on the Come off the coach. bench. And he's a heat check guy. Some of these guys that are still out there are good heat check guys. Come off the bench. Uh, Gerald Green, I believe, is he still a free agent? Yeah, he he's a interesting case because he broke his foot back in preseason. Okay, and then we traded him, but we can't get him. I don't think, but he's still out there. Yeah, he's another guy. He's a heat check guy. He can come out the rock. It showed yep. for the Rockets. What was that? The first time, first game you guys had signed him, he came yeah. in and scored. What was it? Four threes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a thirty point game one night. Yeah, so with Crawford and, and Gerald Green and guys like that, they're cool. Can you come off the bench for four or five minutes and see if you're you're on fire and can shoot the ball? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Only guys I know that got signed so far to teams was Anthony Tolliver signed with the Grizzlies. Why? I don't know. Joe Kim Noah has extended his contract for the rest of the season with the Clippers. Trey Burke went to the Mavs. Corey Brewer signed with the Kings. And we picked up a guy who's not even going to play, <laughs> David Nawaba. I like the signing, but I just felt like we should have went for somebody that's actually going to play. David Nawaba can play, though. Yeah, he can. But, he's, you know, what I'm basically saying is he's nursing the injury. So we won't. I won't see him until next season. But I do like the signing. Just kind of makes me wonder what direction we're going to go in next season now. Because... I don't think they signed him to not play at all. What, is he is he hurt right now? Yeah, he tore his Achilles. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, then he he's nursing an injury right now. They basically paid him a nine hundred k to rehab, and next season he has a, I think it's like a one point four million dollar deal. I mean, that's a, that's a great that's a great deal to pick up though, because he's if he if yeah. he can come back from the Achilles, that's a great player to have on your bench for sure. Definitely, and it definitely gives us a wing, a, a wing, and he's improved his three ball. I'm just curious to see what other teams make moves. You know, like the deadline is approaching. It's what Monday, Tuesday. 
five days away. Some, some, yeah, some Monday. So the Lakers definitely will have to make a move because Bradley, unless they're gonna play Dion Waiters, they're I don't gonna know. Play Waiters I, and KCP, but you just still want somebody on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in case COVID happens to a player, just to have them just in case. Arquez Rondo just wants to go out there and not show up. Yeah, you definitely got to stack your roster for sure at this point. Happen. Yeah. Man, I, for one, just want to see. I do want to see Jamal Crawford. And it's a couple guys I want to see. Kenneth Fareed, Lance Stevens. It's so many guys that I would love to see get opportunities. I feel like Kenneth Fareed would be an interesting signing for the Mavericks. But they went and got Trey Burke. Yeah, that's I interesting. Know. They added another guard. Yeah, I just felt like, well, is J.J. Barea hurt or is he there? Like, no, no, I mean, Jalen, Jalen Brunson, right as COVID hit, he, uh, their backup point guard, he got uh, he got hurt. And so he had shoulder mm-hmm. surgery and he's out for the year. And then Courtney Lee, who's a shooting guard but can handle the ball a little bit, he also just recently apparently got hurt and he's not going to be a part of the. When was the last time Courtney Lee was on the court? How did he get hurt? <laughs> Talking about money, man, Courtney Lee, he's getting man, paid $12 million dollars a year. What is, what is Courtney Lee disrespect, you guys? Courtney Lee has, <laughs> been, like a, has been a cagey vet. He's been he's been get to, making shots and playing D for a long time. Oh, yeah, he you're, shows you're, up. You're running, you're running the team, Riley. You're paying him at this age, this state, $12 million a year? Oh, of course not. No way. Yeah, there. mine wasn't disrespect. It was just like, man, that he's getting overpaid. And it's probably not his fault. They're just not playing them. And we know what he can do. He's a savvy defender. He can knock down shots. So why he wasn't being played, I have no idea. Utah also is an interesting situation because we still don't know if Bogdanovich is going to play yet. Um, I mean, not Bogdanovich. Ingles. Bogdanovich is out for the season. So they do have to replace Bogdanovich. Man, there's just so many teams, and I, there's so many guys. I like I said, I just want to see on teams. If this yeah, season happens of, and Jamal Crawford is passed over again, wow. Speaking of Utah, though, has anybody heard anything about uh, Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert? Are they going to play together? Yeah, they were reconciled. I just, I still don't trust Utah for some reason. I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I mean, and on paper. Right. On paper, they look good. They, you know, you think Mike Conley, Mitchell, Gobert. Oh, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't trust them. And then, like I said, Denver worries me now because Jokic has the coronavirus. Do you play him? Do you not play him? Yeah, you still will make the playoffs, but you'll slip. Do you want to risk going from three to, what, five or so six? Don't play him. If he's healthy, he's playing. Yeah, I mean, he better play. Like honestly, whatever can make it better for my Lakers, that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, I know, Matt. I know, but don't worry, we're still out there. We're <laughs> we're, we're, we're ready. Um, I'm not worried. Ha <laughs> I think we're ready. I don't know. I hope we're ready. That's all I can say. We got a couple WNBA ladies as well that um that are backing out of their season. They're scheduled to tip off, I believe, the 22nd, 23rd, somewhere around there. And a lot of them, Maya Moore had been pulled out, which, you know, Maya Moore doesn't get enough credit. She's always putting on for social reform and racial issues and everything. So I think Seriously, she, she, does, she was way ahead of the game. Way ahead of the way, game. Exactly. 
exactly. Um, and people were looking at her like she was crazy. It was like, oh, like people respected it for like what she was doing. But there was also that level of like, okay, I guess, you know, you're in the prime of your career, you know, like you, you're a dominant player on a dominant team. You know, that's, you know, I, you know, who would do that type stuff. And then when she, when she was going to do the second year in a row, it became even like, oh, wow, it's crazy. And now all of a sudden she's not even talked about in the middle of this, you know, entire situation. She's like you said, she's not getting enough credit at all. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The Minnesota Lynx ain't going nowhere. She needs to go somewhere else. I mean, come on down to the Sparks. We could use you. But any anywho, I know one part, one player in particular that um, set out was Natasha Cloud from the Washington Mystics, and I think that's huge because she what she's doing down there in D.C. along with Bradley Bill, it's pretty amazing. Latoya and, Sanders you know, too, we, also. Say it again. Who? Latoya Sanders. Also on the Mystics, what they team? both they both are sitting there. Oh, okay, okay, her teammate. And I think I think it was one more player. Was it Jonquil Jones from the Sun? But we don't give these WNBA ladies a lot of credit. And you know, for them to step, I'm, a lot of people, oh, what you know, they get misogynistic comments, and it's kind of like whoa, like. But what they're doing is actually commendable to me, and. It's not just about coronavirus no more. It's, it's as a whole. But I do want to impose the question to you both. Do you guys think with everything that's going on as far as coronavirus and the issues in the world, do you think it's safe to play a season? Like, if you were an NBA player, could you imagine having to go out there? Like, would you want to? I mean, I think that the... I think as an NBA player, you want to protect your family. I think I think it's like for a human issue first, as far as like you don't want to um, put your family in jeopardy, people you care about in jeopardy, by potentially getting something. You want to be able to spend time with those people and not have to quarantine away from them. Um, but I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things because a lot of these guys are asymptomatic. You know, a lot of these guys are. You know, if they've been sick, it's been a quick uh, flu and they're and they're okay. Um, they're obviously at a much, a much less likely uh, percentage to actually um, get very sick and die. I mean, but again, it's not impossible. So there is risk to it. I think that if the NBA is going to try to do what they can to keep it safe, uh, I think that you do it, especially if you're getting paid, you're getting paid. But I mean, like we've been saying, if guys didn't want to do it, there would be no issue because there is definitely still a risk. Absolutely. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, it's so hard to say just because I'm not in that situation. Uh, I would I would say I would I would like to say yeah I would I would play I would be cautious I would quarantine for my family after as well and hope that everything is good and and still get to play and put on the show that I hope I could for for the fans and and do what I can. But yeah, it's it's hard to say when you're not in that position. You have what you would like to do. Um, and then when you're actually in that position, it's like, this is what I'm actually going to do. Yeah. Like me, part of me will be torn as well. Like a part of me will want to play, but then again, another part of me will be like, oh, title isn't that important when it comes to family. So it would definitely be tough. So I can agree both sides, which is going to lead to our next segment, man. I don't know if you guys saw the first take interview where Kendrick Perkins basically almost cried because KD called him a sellout. Yeah, I definitely saw that. I I saw it, honestly, probably 10 minutes before we started recording this. Uh, I was not aware of it before then. 
what I'll say about that is that we know why KD called Kendrick a sellout is because he's pushing the narrative for ESPN against Kyrie and building that uh, LeBron versus Kyrie where Kyrie's the villain um, narrative. Uh, Kendrick obviously took that as a much deeper thing. He and KD obviously have a much deeper relationship than that, and it really hurt him. So, I mean, I can't say that that's not fair, or you know, because that's, you know, Kendrick is going through the same things that uh, Kevin and Kyrie are going through as a black man. He's going through the same struggles. He mentioned he's having to deal with these, with the, uh, with the, uh, the rich white people that he lives around basically is the only black family in the neighborhood and how he's dealing with, you know, constant issues with that. And, you know, those are very real issues with his family. And, and he says, he doesn't feel safe with his son. Uh, there's a lot going on. And so I think that that's totally acceptable and he has a right to feel that way and be upset, but also to take it that personally, when we know why you're saying, he's not saying you're a sellout to black people and, you know, to the movement, he was saying you're a sellout because you're hyping, you know, this narrative DSPN to go against uh, a guy like Kyrie, who we all know is just as much in the right as LeBron is. He said he was fighting a fight. Okay. He said his wife was making oxtails with macaroni and cheese. <laughs> that man was hurt. And I understand it, but I think he kind of took it too, too, you know, too much to heart, especially with Kevin Durant for one, like, it's KD, like, come on now. People was it's calling like, him cupcake. People was calling him snake. It's like you're letting sensitivity like make you more yeah, sensitive, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to say I cringe watching the guys, but I was like Stephen A. Smith. I was so glad, and this is the one time like I was like, oh, Stephen A. ain't got nothing to say. Good, his face the whole time was just like, whoa. Yeah, I don't think any of them were ready for him to do that. Ever <laughs> for him to go like, that hard about it. Man, Kellerman's response afterwards, you could just tell he was just like, okay. Okay, because I mean, you know, of course, I mean, if if Kendrick is is triggered by what KD said, given what's going on in the world and what everyone's what uh, people of color are having to face right now in the media and what they're being shown every day about all the horrible things that are going on in the world, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's okay that he went off like that. But like you said, I think it was coming from a place that was more serious than what KD intended. Now, whether or not yeah. that's fair, that's not up to me. You know what I mean? That's not up for me to say. I'm, he, you know, tore into his soul with that. He brought up May eighth, two thousand eleven, Mother's Day. Wow, in Memphis. Yeah. Why do we need to know all this? But okay, I'm on this platform. He broke down his Twitter, his Instagram. Kendrick Perkins was hurt. Okay. He man, and I think if he could have cursed, he would have. <laughs> yeah, he definitely wanted us to believe he was very hurt for sure. And I understand it, but like, like we we see it all the time. Like, the part I really do get, and the part I do side with him on is, just because I feel different from you, don't mean. And we see it a lot, you know. Oh, I like LeBron over Kobe. Oh, you don't know nothing about you know. So we see it all yeah. the time. See that better. You know, I mean, come on now. He it ain't like he called you a sellout on a interview. He typed it like, come on now. All he's all he said was sellout. He typed literally two words. That's it. Like and it, like you said <laughs> last previous episode, it wasn't even from his burner account. It was actually him. So maybe that's what hurt him more. Yeah, that it was face to face online. Yeah, you guys, you guys said it. I mean, perfectly. There's not too much to add in. Well, I mean, we we just see it a lot, and like we really got to get out of that whole like thing about the media trying to tear people apart especially right now like 
you know, Kyrie feels the way he feels for a reason. Um, LeBron feels the way he feels for a reason. I think, like, we, we've already said it. LeBron is such a hooper that it would take maybe him. You would have to will him up the court for him not to play. And you got guys like Chris Paul and, you know, other guys around the league, the Hardens, the Westbrooks, the, you know, that they're, they're doing the same thing. Like, I see Westbrook was in Tulsa at a at a speaking out, and he's producing a documentary. He was protesting out here in California. And, you know, once it's time to get down for the restart, I think we're leaving on the 9th of July. I say we like I'm a part of the team. Well, because I am, Matt. But <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's just it's it, we gotta. <laughs> I, I wish I was. Well, not to Orlando. No, I don't think you do, man. I don't. I don't think you wish you were in the bubble right now. <laughs> I want to be in no bubble, especially what, my, what Rockets my, player would you be sitting next to on the plane if you were traveling? Like you could sit there, sit next. Oh, that's a good them. question. Who, who are you oh man, I will tell you who I won't sit next to, Mike D'Antoni, because he ain't finna bore me to death with the smoke. <laughs> Hey, Pierre, let me right. tell you about not playing defense. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, you know, seven seconds or less. No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to hear none of that. The Rockets player that I probably would sit next to would be Westbrook, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think Westbrook would be the most fun to have a combo with on that team uh, yeah. to sit next to. Yeah, man. I think that would be pretty good. You know, like, I'm going to I'm looking at their yeah. roster right now, dude. Like I'm looking at the at the Rockets roster. Oh, Here we and, go. Well, here's the thing. I think Tyson Chandler would be the most fun to sit next to, but he's also seven oh. feet tall. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be really rough space space wise. He's taking up. Like yeah, he's taking up. Elbows are all up in my business, and I don't think that's very cool. <laughs> um, Jeff. Actually, yeah, no. It's I, Jeff I changed Green. mine to Tyson easy, Chandler. Easy call. easy call, Jeff Green. We know. He's a we former know, right? former Seattle Sonic. Easy call. Yeah. Yeah, we know. I changed I changed mine to Tyson Chandler. Uh, That's fair. I've actually yeah. I got to meet I've gotten to meet him in Phoenix actually when he played with the Suns. I was at a church conference out here and he goes to that church and saw him yeah. there, got to meet him, and he's a very very cool guy. I think we would have some good combos. He's always been a humble guy, even though we don't play him much. I respect him. The, the guy that I'd least like to sit on the sit next to is Austin Rivers. <laughs> Harden, Why? Harden, Austin Rivers, man. Dude, have you have you ever have you ever seen Austin Rivers not look like he's like really disgusted by something? Oh yeah, okay. Think about it. He's, he's always upset. He's always complaining about something. It's like, do you know what, man? I'm just trying to get through this flight. It's a long flight. We're going, you know, we're going from Portland to you know New York right now. I I'm just trying to get, catch some Z's. You know. <laughs> have you seen D three Mighty Ducks? I, I think it's D three. Crazy question. You um, even so asked that. It, is D three the one where they're playing against like the seniors in the school? Yes. Is that D three or okay? Austin Rivers strikes me as somebody who'd be on that senior team of like that prep school um, that was just not the nicest, kind of arrogant. Knew that he was a very good player um, and didn't want to help like the freshman or sophomore team. Yeah. Then his dad coaches the team or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he yeah. feel like he would fit into that, like a basketball version of it? Yeah, like there's like two types of coaches' sons, you know? There's the one like that is very much just works hard and doesn't, you know, doesn't act like that's an issue at all and just plays and it's all good. And there's the one that like acts like that's a chip on their shoulder that I had to work harder because my dad was the coach. Even if that's always true, some guys really <laughs> act like it, and that's Austin Rivers to me. Like I think <laughs> he's always been that is that guy where it's like, Yeah, I've had it hard. Like have you? Like how how come? <laughs> oh, you know, 
you know, did you go through a struggle where you, you know you didn't have a lot of money growing up or things was good in the house? I think yeah, I had a really stable, good family. Uh, you know, we were very rich. My dad was in the NBA. I spent my whole life in the NBA arenas. Got the best training. <laughs> And uh, and was number one ranked my whole high school career, man. Yeah, I got a chip on my shoulder. It's like, man, it's, it's like that's cool. Like being competitive is great. I'm not knocking the competitiveness of that, but the constant looks around the league, like, like man, shh, like I, I'm working for this. It's like, hey, man, so is everybody else. Okay, calm yeah, down. I think we need. I think we need Riley to do this for one player from each team uh, on a future episode. <laughs> yeah, we can break oh, down who break down who we want to sit next to on a flight. That would be funny. Dude, actually, no, right now, dude. I'm pulling up the Lakers right now. Oh, yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, I'm for, sure, I'm for sure sitting in between LeBron and AD. Like, I'm sitting right in between them. You're going to have no space. You're going to have zero space, Matt. No space. I don't You're care. I mean, switch. I don't care. <laughs> You're like, I will get I'm, very small I'm, 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 I'm 5'8", like 180. I'm not a big guy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll squeeze in there and just, what's up, LeBron and AD? That's, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I can't fault you for it at all. I, I'm just worried about your space. You know, as long as you're comfortable. Can I get, that's a, can great I get a few autographs? Yeah, you guys want to have a chat? Uh, okay, so off the bat here, guys, I'm gonna say Dion Waiters because I just uh, give him some of my. <laughs> ed- some of my I think we all know why. We uh, yeah, we just have a very chill flight unless he freaked out. Uh, you know, if he doesn't freak out, we're gonna have a great time. Uh, I feel the guy, like he would. He there's a high chance he could freak out on that flight though. Yeah. Well, so uh, Pierre, what about you on this one, man? The Lakers. Yeah. Nobody. What? What Lakers? Nobody. Um. I have to <laughs> He's like, I'd Lakers. rather catch a different flight. I'm not yeah. sitting no, with no, the no, Lakers. No, no. no. no, no. If Take I had to sit next to a Laker, honestly, it might be Jared Dudley. Cause I just want to ask him, why do you act the way you act? <laughs> see, see, Jared, Jared Dudley's one of those cats. Jared Dudley is like an Austin Rivers type guy. Yeah. That same yeah. vibe of like always looking disgusted at something when they're live and they're doing great. You like know, when he said, "Oh, uh, anybody got a problem with LeBron and AD? They got a problem with me. I'm getting thrown out for my guys." And I'm like, yeah. "What? It's a good stuff. Do your thing, but also like you know, just stop being so mad all the time." Well, you know? that attitude is why he got signed. First off, um, and it's second. If I wanted a little bit more space on the plane, I'll, I think I'll sit next to Kuzma. <laughs> Dude, he's on my. You know, it's funny with the Lakers. There's a solid list of guys. There's like a few guys on this that I would not want to sit next to, and Kuzma, he is bro. one of them. Uh, he's too tall. Oh, first of all, he, height I think matters. He'd be fun to chill with. Uh, no, it'd just be him trying to take like selfies and stuff, and like that's all good. <laughs> yeah, you and know, I would hop like, in the selfies with them and say, "Bro, tag me." Let's do no, that. see, I'm not. No. See, I, 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 I'm down to get some clout from somebody. I don't need Kuzma clout. I, I'll, I'll try to find other clout elsewhere. <laughs> the Kuz, I'll find elsewhere. Quinn well, Cook actually has. Like oh, so Quinn, Quinn Cook would be a great guy to sit next to. Also, solid guy. I've actually met him before too. Very nice guy, and he's smaller too. So that's always nice. Uh, KCP, so now let's do no it with way. The Sonics. Oh, you said KCP, no way. <laughs> be absolutely not. And then uh, who's the last one? There's one more. And I was like, no way. Uh, no, actually, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Oh, and Caruso would be fun, too. Oh, uh, no. I'm good. Hey, look at us. We're both white. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll go. Okay, we're about to do the last the last Sonics roster. Okay, okay. Oh, I, I picked Kevin Durant. It's really going to sting here. Well, like, who are we sitting next to? Yeah. Oh, yep. I'm sitting next to KD. I'm sitting next to I'm sitting next to KD, and I'm I'm tweeting at him while I sit next to him from, <laughs> from, the, from your account I'm or a tweet burner, at though. him like snake emojis and stuff like that. Like from your account though, or from or from a different account. 
from his burner account. Going burner. I yeah, would burner. sit next to KD as well. I really would. Now hold on. Now let me ask you guys. You guys have the roster in front of you right now, or are you just saying KD is the only guy that you know is on the roster? It was from <laughs> like no, ten I know years ago. I won't blame you guys uh, from like, over ten not, years like ago. At this point. Nick Nick Collison. Nick Collison. Great choice. Let me tell you was, mine. Was Richard Lewis still on that team, or did he already retire? Uh, he, no, he was gone. Right? He, he had signed early. Yeah, he had signed with Orlando already. Okay. Here's what I will say: is Luke Ridnour. Okay, Luke Ridnour. Oh. He's actually uh, he was first round pick. He's actually from Blaine, Washington, which is like, you know, fifteen or not even like ten miles north uh, from where I'm from. So I grew up. Everyone around here that grew up uh, where I grew up definitely uh, looked up to Luke Ridnour a lot. Um, one of the coldest stories, actually, he, real quick. No, what are you gonna say, Matt? He seems like the uh, guy from Juno. You seen that movie? Like the, <laughs> Michael Sarah, like dorky, dorky. Yeah, yeah, Michael Sarah. He reminds me of like a Michael Sarah type. No, he's like, dude. He's that really guy's not gonna make the NBA. No, see, and that's that's what's funny about that. First of all, I met him at when I went to Costco too. He'd come in a lot with his family. His family's really sweet. He's always a really nice guy. Whenever I talked to him, he was really cool. But one of the coldest stories you talk about a guy who doesn't look like he should be in the NBA. Ridnour is six two, one seventy five when he was playing. Really unassuming looking guy. When you see him walking around, like no one, he he, he no nobody recognizes him. You know, when he's walking around his hometown, you know, no one really no no one really recognizes him much. One thing that happened one time, he played. His dad coached at Wacom Community College in Bellingham. And he ended up basically my, my buddies went to go play a scrimmage. They played for Wacom and they wanted and they were gonna play against the Bellingham Slam, which was a semi pro team that his dad coached. Now there was a player <laughs> Ridnauer, they walked in and realized that Luke Ridnauer was like lacing up his shoes, so he was obviously gonna play uh, for with the slam players, the semi pro players. And he didn't put up a shot beforehand. He literally took f- apparently a half an hour or forty five minutes to lace his shoes up, comes out on the floor. That his team wins every game. They don't. He doesn't uh, take one shot the entire time. No shots. He's making passes. He's playing great defense, and he's just is superior. But he's not taking one shot, not a lay-in at all. Final game comes around. He is absolutely. His teams are dominating. And there's this kid named Jordan Nichols, who basically a feisty young guard with an Avery Bradley mentality. Basically, picture that. And he. And they were winning. His team was winning. And so they're basically up. Uh, they were, and then his team it was win by one uh, straight up. And then his team was, they were tied. And uh, Jordan had just beat Luke Ridenauer on a, you know, to the hole and look good. He comes across half court and he's slapping the ground, playing defense, like yelling, like, let's go, let's go. Ridenauer took one step past the half court line and said, sorry. And then pulled and hit the only shot he took from one step inside half for a game, and then walked off. Wow! Yeah. So as far as what just went on in my head right now? Yeah, he he is he is not taking one shot the entire the entire day at all, and he all and he literally audibly says sorry because the kid got cocky and thought he was going to win a game, and he just iced him from a step and step in front of half. It's like wow. so that that is the difference between an NBA player and a guy who is built exactly like him <laughs> going against him playing at a community college. There is <laughs> it is a different animal. You have to be such a higher level of player. Sorry, well, guys. That's your, that's your that's your ridden hour story for the day. I'll have one an episode. Uh, we'll just... <laughs> man, that was crazy, man. Luke, yeah. I used to. 
used to get on my nerves. Like he just was one of those guys. <laughs> what he do like, to your Rockets? Ah, uh, he did a lot. He used to torture us. He was one of those one of the very few guys that I just couldn't stand. He just. It, it don't matter who it was guarding him. He just found something to do, and I just was like, "What?" Dude, he has one of the Man. sickest passes of all time. If you're ever bored, look up a Luke right now, or like behind the back. He had this insane. I couldn't even describe it to you. It's really just one of the things you got to look up, I guess. But he had such a ridiculous, like a Jason Williams type pass from like half court. Um, absolutely crazy. But and then the guy would not want to would not want to be on the plane with on this team, dude. Robert Swift. Robert <laughs> Swift. Uh, <laughs> He that guy has had a rough go of it. He's first of all seven feet tall, um, and he is as of this recording was um, I think trying to come back, but it's been a long time. But he basically was very addicted to uh, heroin and like meth and stuff, and basically like lost all his millions. And it was a big story. I saw a big story written about him, but he's yeah very rough go. But seven footer with a lot of problems. I don't need that in my plane seat next to me. Yeah, Robert Swift wasn't even that. Great of a player. No, huge bust. Huge bust. We drafted him like... We drafted him so high. You know who I enjoy? Chris Wilcox. Oh, yeah, dude. Very underrated guy. Very underrated guy. Loved him and also obviously Nick Collison as well. Yeah, Nick Collison was a journeyman. You know, he he played as long as he felt like he could. Yeah, and he played with the same... He's the only guy that played his whole career with um Seattle and OKC like that. He was the only one that uh that uh played this entire way through. Right. Oh man, we gotta get a uh Supersonics team back in the NBA, man. It will just be great. And I don't even want the I want the older uniforms, the dark green with the red and the, I don't want the yeah. Gary Payton Sean Kent Primes. Those yeah, are those, the uh I want yeah, that was my favorite. One thing by far. Riley, not... you, you're thinking you're thinking five years, right? In in the next five years, we'll have a a, a team back in Seattle. Optimistically, yes. I whether the team is there yet, like actually playing, I don't know. But I think that it will be in the works that like they will have confirmed there there will be a team within five years. Uh, yeah. Once this um, once the arena is figured out and actually built, and the NHL team is in there, and we see them have some success. And we see how well the Storm enjoy playing in this new arena and the fans that are going to come out for both of those teams. I think that it's inevitable that the Sonics will be back. There's, I mean, there's already so much uh, groundswell about it, um, you know, in the world that Seattle should have a uh, should have an NBA team. It's been long enough. So hopefully that happens soon. I mean, I say that all the time, but I definitely – I am genuinely optimistic that in the next five years we will at least have a firm grasp on when a team will be back. Yeah, what do you think the top three cities are that need a team? I, 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 for sure, Seattle. Um, I would love to see a team back in Canada, maybe Vancouver. Vancouver would be great because I just love the I love the corridor of the Vancouver Seattle Portland rivalries in any sport. Um, I, I mean, it's great for like the Sounders, for example, like the in, in the MLS. Like that's such a great rivalry. They have the Cascadia Cup. Uh, you know that is uh, one between those three teams. I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, Vancouver's definitely one. I think Vegas I, will inevitably get one. Vegas, Vegas definitely. Is I one. think San Diego. San Diego's the sixth largest city in the country. They don't have a team. Yeah, I mean that could work too for sure. I mean that that would be an e- that'd be an easy call. You know, there's certain teams or certain areas where they want to do that. Also, I mean, there's a lot of talk about them going outside the country, like London having a team, or you know, and that would be so tricky. I, the the idea I've heard so much ex- talk about the expansion of 
the NBA outside of the country. And it's like just the travel alone would be so much on the players. You'd have to like pay them extra money or, you know, make sure they have a couple days to kind of, you know, decompress from like a, you know, going across the, across the globe basically to go play a game. Man, that would be pretty good. I would be, I definitely, well, I won't be a fan like, you know, like that, but I, it will be intriguing because you know how the uh, NFL, I mean, yeah, the NFL goes and plays games in London. Another uh, team, another city that comes to mind, Mexico, to me, uh, that should lobby for a team, but I'm on board with Vegas and Seattle as well. I think Vegas is too big of a market, you know, a market to not have a team. Yeah, I think the only thing that stops Vegas from having it is because they do summer league there and they do all the stuff there. Yeah. I know it's almost like a better hub than it is like a uh, hub for uh, for to meet up and stuff than it is for a uh, a team. You know, there's a reason why not a lot of professional teams are there. We'll see how the Raiders do though. Obviously, when the Raiders start playing their net this season, we'll see how that plays out for them as far as like you know, will people pack the seats? Yeah. Um, about that yeah I, it's, a, it's a similar situation to seattle honestly as far as you know can can the you know can it be supported you know um and i think it can you know i think vegas would be a great city I'm trying to think of another one kind of out of the box city that could definitely handle a team i think maybe somewhere more in the in the south kind of center maybe like a louisville kentucky oh mm. yeah potentially it's a big city yeah, potentially. That's tough, man. Yeah, there's uh, once you once you get out there, it's a little tough. It's all, like the coastal cities is usually where things are ready to pop off uh, for the new for the expansions and stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I, think, I think San Diego should be one of them. I yeah. know the city is trying to make it less of a sporty town, but the people there don't. I mean, I've lived there for for four years, three years, and it's it, it's a long drive if you're trying to catch a Lakers game, going from San Diego through Orange County, through Los Angeles to get to a game. Like, that's an all-day thing because you're fighting Matt, traffic. Did you take the team to San Diego on 2K? I did not yet. <laughs> I should I should move the Knicks okay. there. I just, had to, I just had to make sure. But, no, I think, yeah, if we're saying coastal, then I think San Diego should be. Uh, San Diego, Seattle, Vancouver. Keep them all in the West because it's the best. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Speaking of the Knicks, one thing we did not touch on, they are interviewing candidates for their job. The head coach. Stay away job. from kid. Stay away from kid. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Like, you have four, I mean, you have four head coaches on your bench, dude. You can give one up, you know. <laughs> I don't want to give do. them up, though. <laughs> so you're going you gonna to keep Lionel Hollins? I mean, I, I, I'll just keep, I'll keep uh, our coaching staff that's done good this year. Keep them until, until we don't do good. Yeah, until they decide to go other places. I mean, I would assume yeah. those guys would want to do that eventually. Like Vogel, I have to. Or isn't Vogel the coach now though? Yeah, Vogel's yeah, the head yeah. coach. Yeah. Vogel's the coach, and then it's who else is on there? Lionel Hollins, kid. Jason Kidd, and, and who's the other one? Is it Tyron Lue? Is he on the? No, he's with the Clippers. No, no, is he with the Clippers? Yeah, he's with the Clippers. Um, there's one remember. more. You guys, have, you guys have so many. We can't even name them all, dude. There's so many, so many assistant coaches for the Lakers. But yeah, as far as the Knicks job goes, I mean, I, I still think Atkinson is the best call for the job. I don't think yeah, that, I don't think you go Thibodeau. I think that's a horrible idea. I think it just recycles the same issues they've been having 
is getting these old school coaches to come in and coach this young roster of guys, which they still have to blow up, in my opinion, for the most part. That roster is just not it. So hopefully they figure that out. But yeah, I think I think Atkinson's the best bet though, because he he showed in Brooklyn that if you give him some talented pieces, he can make things happen with them, and he can develop these guys. And I think that that's what they really need is actual development, as opposed to hey, we're gonna tr- do everything we can to win this year. Yeah, uh, they need to slow down. Yeah, the kid the, the kid rumors though are really heating up. Yeah, yeah, that would be a very Dolan move. It'd be a very Dolan move. It's a real threat out there, Matt. Y'all might lose kid. I don't think he wants – I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The only way Jason Kidd stays is if the Lakers guarantee him to succeed Vogel. Any event Vogel doesn't um, bring success to the Lakers. So far, it's working out. But that's one name to keep an eye on, Jason Kidd. One name that stands out to me, though, is Ime Udoka. Yeah, I like that, too. I don't know if he can – I don't know if he's the right man for this job. But I do think he's ready. And uh, there's one team other than the Knicks that need to pull a um, trigger on this hire or even an interview, and that's the Bulls. Yeah, both those teams are in desperate need of a, of a young coach. Doka, I think I'd rather see him in Chicago because I think it's less of a dumpster fire than in New York. And I think it sucks when a first-time head coach gets thrown into the fire like that. I think it rarely works out. I think you need to have some sort of some sort of stability to it. Um, and I think the Bulls front office is going to be an easier go of it and help him a little more. But yeah, I definitely, he's really talented. I think he's going to be, he's the next off the Popovich coaching tree. I think it's going to, uh, do some damage, um, as a head coach. Absolutely. See, Matt, if y'all lose Jason Kidd, just go get it done for you. Be good. Don't be fine. I don't want to give up Jason Kidd. It's going to be okay, Matt. It's going to be okay. I know. I wouldn't want to give him up. Of course, I wouldn't want to. But yeah, if he goes, he goes. He'll he'll get fired by the Knicks in a year and a half, anyways. Ooh. As will every Knicks coach, I think. So. Yeah, whoever goes in just has to be prepared. They're going to get fired because the <laughs> Knicks will not succeed, and then Dolan will get mad, and then they will fire a coach again, and it's just that's the circle of life with the New York Knicks. Man. It sucks, though. Like, we, we've already talked about it, man. New York is one of those states where it will be great to see the Knicks, the Nets in the playoffs, just like we get uh, the Lakers and the Clippers in the playoffs. It'll be great. Just like we'll get a, a Seattle team and a Vancouver team and a Portland team all in the playoffs. Right, Riley? One day. One day. Hopefully, I'll tell my kids that. <laughs> we we have all just agreed though the Knicks are going to continue to struggle as long as James Dolan is there. For sure. Yeah, 100%. The only reason it's different between them and the Bulls is that Reisdorf just kind of sits back and just does whatever the GM feels like or the president of basketball operations feels like. He just kind of goes, okay. And that's how right. it was when MJ was there. I mean, he's less hands-on. He just is bad because he doesn't know when to pull the plug on something that isn't working. Um, James Dolan goes out of his way to make sure things don't work. And so that's why if somebody like Yudoka, I hope he goes, if he's going to do it, he gets a job in Chicago because that's why I think that job is less tainted because yeah. at least they they have some good guys in place right now that I think will at least work with them. Dolan will go exactly. out of his way to make to make it harder. So Exactly. Can, can we play Ryan. a game called, called Who's Worse? Who's Worse, uh, James Dolan or Jerry Jones? Ooh. Dolan. Dolan for sure. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I gotta say Dolan. 
Well, yeah, it's Dolan because Dolan has never won any sort of titles. I mean, Jerry Jones hasn't in, in you know, what, 20-something years? 20 -something, it's been, it's been a little years. while, yeah. It's been just a little bit. Long time. Uh, Matt, have you seen a title since you, like, in your lifetime? No. Okay, so that at least at least that I mean, long. All, out of all the teams I like, the only title I've seen is the Lakers, because the Dodgers they haven't won since eighty. What was it, eighty two? Yeah, blame Felipe for that. Yep. Oh, I blame yeah, Felipe a... for a lot because uh, right. I think because he switched over from the Kings. And he finally admitted it too. He said, "I'm a Clippers fan." I was like, "Whoa!" Wild stuff. He has admitted it, and I really hope the Sacramento Kings team sneaks into the playoffs um and he can eat that yeah he's gonna reap what he saw he's gonna be let's go my boy my, what do you mean your boy you're, you're a clippers fan remember yeah yeah he, uh, he needs to remember you know it sucks it Riley will remember. remind him too so he's a nice oh, kid he's just confused and i'll help him out so <laughs> well guys as always we know it's gonna happen because it happens every time by the time of this recording, there's going to be something happening. Something good or bad. Somebody's either going to get corona or something. It happens all the time. But have no fear. We'll be here to break it down for you. As always, questions, comments, concerns, email us fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com. Head over to Facebook, SSAW, as well as the other podcasts on the network. Check them out. On behalf of myself, Matt, Riley, we thank you guys for listening.